18 minutes it is uh, before 8 p.m. And we now go into our business wrap conversation. And I'm joined on the line by the uh, uh, Chief Investment Officer at uh, Makwe Fund Managers. And that's Makwe Masilela. Makwe, who's at Mabrur? Ah, sweet no smoke, brother. Uh, Mark, well, let's maybe start off here in the property sector. Redefine properties. They are the guys who uh, I understand and I stand to be corrected here, but uh, they are the landlords for that uh, humongous building that uh, Discovery has there in Santon. And uh, they are saying they're going to be disposing of some assets here to pay off some debt. Yeah, by all means, you know, and it's a big boy, uh, redefine. I mean, just if you check their market cap at almost 46 billion, then compared to growth point at almost 68 billion, the guys are saying it's very difficult. They'll be disposing almost 3.9 billion worth local assets and almost 8 billion of non-core assets. And the whole idea, Bonga, is to repay debt. And it's not only their move for huge debt, but we've seen the way people have been expanding, that the guys they've got debt. I think they want to push it down to just under 40% of their loan value. Mm. And, uh, you know, when they talk about the disposal of non-core assets, I'm quite interested here, Marco, what that looks like for a diversified player like Redefine. Now, some people were suggesting earlier on that, uh, you know, the first target would be some of the industrial properties, which uh, are certainly, I guess, being leased out in sectors that aren't doing so well. By all means, and I also think that some of uh, shareholding that they have that might be small, where they are able to really influence the direction of those companies, maybe the likes of Delta properties, stuff like that. But it just indicates, you know, how difficult it is. But it's not only the local market where they are facing those challenges. They also said when it comes to the European logistic platform, they're going to be looking for an equity investor to help them out. So it's not only the come here where the sector is struggling, generally out there is not working out. And But to give it to them, they are not the only property stocks struggling, but to check their dividend yield, is still decent at 12%, far more than the sector a dividend yield of almost 10%, and even better than gross point. But it's just confirmation. We had the new Safari wanting to buy other kinds, we had the news, Delta buying. So there's this whole lot of consolidation happening in that sector. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I guess some of those mergers have been dead in the water. We saw Fairvest and Safari on the lower end of uh, the marketplace. But uh, it's certainly a common trend across the board where we're seeing high levels of vacancies uh, in, uh, you know, where much of their properties, be it the commercial space, the industrial, and even the retail space. And I'm quite interested here, Markwe, in, in whether or not in these kinds of conditions, you know, an entity, no matter what size, is able to carry as much leverage as we've seen in some of these real estate investment trusts uh, over a long period of time. It's not sustainable at all. And another thing we like to see, as you said, you know, uh, this whole thing of single vacancies is not always the only sign. Guys who are there as well, when they review their contract, they are uh, negotiating lower rental or, or lease, uh, uh, monthly lease amounts. So you might still have the shops there, but the chances are they're no longer paying what they used to pay. So as a landlord, you know what, for the sake of just keeping them, you end up agreeing to all that stuff. So it's tough out there. So it's not only the question of, as you said earlier, that um, what you call this thing, the vacancies. Generally, things are not working out, but you are right. You, wherever you go, you can see. You know, there was a point where somebody told me he was just going to one shop to buy a shed. So he managed to pick up almost nine open uh, vacancies 
you know, uh, or to let stores in one of the biggest malls. So that also confirms that the South African consumer is struggling. But they also noted that in their in their announcement because they had they said that the sliding of the economy has halted, but it might take the very same amount of time to fix it, meaning the rehabilitation and the recovery thereof might still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess the, the last question just on this uh, particular property story here. Uh, I, I, many of these entities, I guess, are reliant on sort of uh, who uh, or what happens to their tenants. Uh, and uh, we saw this in the underlying case of Edcon, where in many instances, you know, they, they had pride of place in some of these malls and in some of them they were anchor tenants. And uh, the moment they took a hit and found themselves in a bit of a squeeze, uh, many of these, uh, I guess, landlords had to take a shave. Do you anticipate something similar happening here? And uh, I guess how, how important is it uh, for many of the other players to deleverage their balance sheets, much like what uh, Redefine has done here? I think the Edcon uh, example has just started setting a trend because as an anchor tenant, then you'll be able to negotiate stuff like that. But also, more importantly, some of the guys are paying rental as a percentage of their revenue. So all I'm saying, if I'm not doing okay, I generated five friends, I'm going to pay you a percentage of that five friends. If I do well, you know, and I've generated whatever amount, then I pay a percentage of that amount, which also makes sense for you as a retailer to say, listen, if your mall itself is not attracting people, then unfortunately I'm not going to make money. So you as a landlord have to make sure that this is a proper mall, this is a proper location where we can be able to attract customer hands. They will say, no props, I'll just pay a percentage of whatever revenue I'm generating. So yeah, it's a new trend going out there, but it just confirms that as much as our time, that property stocks, they were printing money, now is the time when the guys are starting to struggle. And like they said, they don't expect to be able to sustain whatever growth that they have been managed to create when it comes to the distribution of, of, of what you call it, of the income. So in a way, their dividends are not sustainable going forward. Okay. Mark, I want us to pause there for a second. And uh, uh, when we come back, we uh, take a look at uh, a story here coming from the Department of Trade and Industry who have launched a new website uh, to make it easier to start a business here in South Africa. And uh, also going to be taking a look at some of the high profile, uh, I guess, uh, bereavements that we've seen in the world of business over the last few days or so. And uh, we'll uh, take a look at uh, some of those. Let's take this brief break. And also uh, at that point, encourage uh, some of our listeners to weigh in on our conversation. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377. 089-110-3377. In that uh, long list of bereavements uh, we were speaking about earlier on as we started the conversation. Uh, now, well, one uh, person I didn't mention is uh, one Lord Tim Bell, uh, who was one of the co-founders of uh, uh, a well-known uh, communications and PR firm, Saatchi and & Saatchi. And uh, also, uh, I guess, uh, the... Uh, a notorious one here in South Africa, and that's Bell Pottinger. And it seems that uh, that particular entity, uh, interestingly, uh, predeceased him, and uh, he uh, breathed his last over the last 24 hours as well. Eight minutes it is before uh, 8 p.m. We are in our business wrap, and I'm joined by Chief Investment Officer at uh, Markwe Fund Managers, and that's uh, Markwe Masilela. Markwe, before we get, I guess, to uh, some of the uh, reflections and the tributes there, and uh, I guess uh, reflections on the lives that uh, we've lost uh, over the last uh, few days or so. Let's maybe take a look at the DTI. They've now launched a new website uh, to make it easier to start a business. Uh, what's happening there? I think it's a good initiative. To be honest, Ayaboga, 
you know, see Alabama, you know, we're trying, you know, in South Africa to get something, you know, which maybe we're missing out. I think it's a very good initiative. I mean, number one, apparently that's thing it takes 25 days back home here yeah, to open or register a company compared to China, which takes five days. Mauritius apparently two days, three days a day. So we're trying as well, you know, to be able to to belong to the kind of the league and unfortunately this is also done in conjunction with the World Bank but now I, I don't know what's missing out I think this is a very good initiative and also it will save you not only time as a new business owner but it will also save you the money because people can charge an arm and a leg yes. to do stuff like that and for the fact that if they are saying you can also register for the likes of CIF, compensation fund, mm. immediately, if you are not aware that those are the things that you need to register, you know, when you open a company, that just right there on your face. And apparently they'll be able to do other things going forward. But for me, I think this is one of those good initiatives, mm. the e-government going forward. Maybe we just need some prayers, you know, the way we sometimes pray for rain. We are trying, but things seem not to be working out. Yeah. But I think it's big ups to the Department of Trade and Industry. Mark, well, I certainly hope that it incentivizes people, I guess, uh, who have been operating businesses and have, I guess, been reluctant to formalize their entities to uh, try and do so. And you're right. I mean, I've heard of uh, really crazy stories of people charging uh, people an arm and a leg to uh, just go and sort of sort out a CIPC re- registration. When uh, much of that, I mean, shouldn't even cost, I guess, um, you know, more than 500 rand. And yet, you know, there are people here who are selling packages saying, we'll give you 10,000, we'll open a bank account, we'll do whatever for you. Um, and so I guess... Uh, Self company, stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I, I certainly hope that this is going to make the necessary strides. But yes, it's a necessary uh, 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 condition. But I guess I wouldn't think, uh, Makwe, that it's sufficient to ensure that some of those businesses that are registered, in essence, actually survive. And uh, one of the things that uh, make it difficult for them to survive is uh, probably not getting some of your invoices paid by uh, government. On time, they're sitting at almost over $7 billion, so which is true. And they keep on saying small businesses are the ones which are creating the necessary jobs, but unfortunately, they're not getting the necessary support. But I think we also have to be careful about that. You know, people created businesses for different reasons, mm. so because maybe they're desperate, but, you know, always, you know, those who are meant to do something, they will be able to survive. So it's not like everyone should be a business person. You need those people who are, in fact, very good administrators, will be able to run the very same kind of, I mean, the very same businesses. Yes, it's a good thing to encourage that, but sure, unfortunately. And sometimes it works out that you, you are desperate and you end up starting business. And it ends up being a success. So for me, there's no formula to this whole thing. But my point is, does not necessarily mean that we all have to create our own business. Mm, mm. Now, uh, Makwe, I want us maybe to take a look here and, uh, uh, you know, I'd be interested just to hear some of your reflections. And let's maybe start off with uh, uh, someone I want to pay tribute to. And then, I think, you know, to some degree, they also deserve uh, commemoration and reflection, uh, notwithstanding, of course, some of the things that uh, the, the businesses they've b- built are associated or have become associated with. And let's start here with Dr. Tan Lindlov. Um, uh, I mean, certainly someone who has uh, a strong history uh, of activism in our society, but also someone who was the shining light uh, in the world of business post-1994 and uh, a businesswoman par excellence. Yeah, and maybe a social rest in peace, you know. You are right, you know, that is not, it's not a good thing, especially if it's sudden like that, 
that you're not like sick. You know, when sometimes somebody sick, you discount it that, hey, there is a chance that this person can pass on, you mm. know. But yeah, stuff like that is not right. But it worries people because especially with businesses like that, that's basically there you were like betting or baking a joke like Sistandi, you know, in this instance. Mm. That she's the one who was driving the whole thing. So now we start asking ourselves that every entrepreneur herself and as a joke that people put bet on her, what's going to happen now, you know, since she passed on? Because most of them are not. You find that there are no succession plans. I mean, if, if big boys like APSA can fail to have a succession plan, who are we, you know, mm. small businesses mm. or medium-sized businesses to have a succession plan? But yeah, sometimes, you know, we seem to have have a business yeah. But we hope it's not going to be the case, you know, because they've managed to build something solid, something mm. nice, and hopefully someone will be able to take that going forward and continue, you know, to make it a success. But yeah, definitely we needed people like them, yeah. especially to make it in an industry where we feel it's male-dominated. And I mean, we check her training as a professional doctor to be able to come and tap into that kind of an industry. I mean, that's big ups for her. Mm, and I certainly hope, I mean, that uh, we're not going to see the end of Muteo Construction or Muteo Group uh, on uh, the announcement of her passing. Because, you know, that's one entity, uh, Mark, where I must share. I mean, I've, you know, I've been shocked to see in some of the uh, far-flung uh, rural areas of our country to see their posters, uh, you know, that say, hey, there's a, a sort of a, a housing project that these guys are working on here. I mean, I remember seeing one just outside uh, uh, Mount Frey, all the way out in the Eastern Cape. And uh, certainly a business that, I, I guess, since the early days of our democracy has been a shining light in the world of construction and has been able, I guess, to put a roof on uh, over the heads of many, many South Africans. And it shows you that, you know, it's one of those people who didn't just create business for the sake of survival. Mm. You could see, as you are saying about Mattel, that they were gunning for big things, you know, they were maybe trying to create their own black uh, group five or Marion Robert, but to become a very serious player when it comes to the industry. And that right, it will be said, you know, if we see this as the end of Motel. But I don't think maybe it will happen. Hopefully those who are working close to her will make sure that they know her thinking, they know the way she's been doing things, that they will just improve, you know, on what she's been doing all this time. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, shift our attention here now to uh, Lord Tim Bell. Now, um, he's the guy whose uh, company, Bell Pottinger, has certainly taken on uh, a rather, I guess, uh, you know, an ominous uh, uh, a sense every time everybody mentions Bell Pottinger. But uh, he also, uh, I guess, breathed his last over the last few days or so. Uh, uh, what do we know, Mark, about Lord Tim Bell and, uh, I guess, uh, some of the work that he's done in the world of PR and communications? I mean, I understand no one would refer to you as a lord if you don't have a, a distinguished record in whatever space? Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's one of those individuals in the industry who did very well. He's been associated with Mike, making sure that the likes of Margaret Fraser managed to make it as the Prime Minister of UK. I mean, she, they've been involved with big guns, you know, big companies used to get advice. Even, I mean, back home here, we know that the likes of FWD Clark, you know, and even some serious people when it comes to Saudi and in America. So there's a company, I think as well, the likes of Rupert at some point, they were using them as well. So it shows you that other than the scandal that uh, unfortunately made them go down, before that, the guys apparently have been doing a very good job. And hence, the guy was anointed as a say at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, the... Uh 
Ja, echt. The, the, big, the big story, the big conspiracy uh, theory here. And uh, I guess a, a similar issue here. I mean, Gavin Watson coming from a very distinguished anti-apartheid family all the way out in Nelson Mandela Bay. Uh, you know, uh, he alongside his brothers, uh, Valence and uh, uh, Cheeky, uh, renowned in many of the... Um, you know, uh, townships that uh, some of us come from, uh, you know, if you ask the people in Guazakelo, if you ask the people in Zuite about this particular family, I mean, they'll tell you a, m- a lot of things about not only the exploits on the rugby field, but even in the world of business, uh, where uh, primarily much of their clientele was the black community of Port Elizabeth. And uh, it must have been gutting, I guess, uh, for the community there in Port Elizabeth and even some in the ANC to hear about some of these revelations around Bosasa and how they've been bankrolling the, the lifestyles of many of the leaders inside the ANC and uh, also, I guess, receiving uh, massive contracts here on the back of that kind of influence, that kind of access, and, of course, greasing some palms, uh, if indeed we are to take uh, Angelo Agritzi's testimony as uh, the truth here. It's sad, indeed, because death is death, you know, regardless of whatever. Mm. You know, these are the times when I like my job, that I manage money. Unlike you guys, you have to make sure that you portray this whole thing in a proper way. But, you know, uh, people, unfortunately, they've got a tendency of just remembering the bad things about someone, forgetting that there's also the good part, you know. Mm, 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 mm. And uh, it's certainly a tough one there. And, uh, of course, I think, uh, as you correctly say, Mark, with that... Uh, Irrespective of whether Mdube Pila Ranjani, we come from a culture where we respect the dead and uh, uh, we join the, the, the families of uh, Lord Tim Bell, Gavin Watson, and of course uh, Dr. Tandi in uh, reflecting on their lives and we keep them in, their, in our prayers uh, on this day. Makwe, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure catching up with you and uh, until, until you and I chat again. That there was uh, Makwe Masilela, he's the Chief Investment Officer at Makwe Fund Manager, speaking to us uh, on uh, this uh, Monday as uh, during our business wrap uh, conversation.